Kathleen Ni Houlihan by William B. Yeats and Lady Gregory. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Kathleen Ni Houlihan. Characters Peter Gillane. Read by Recording Person. Michael Gillane. His son, going to be married. Played by Garrett Goodison. Patrick Elaine, a lad of twelve, Michael's brother. Read by Thomas Peter. Bridget Elaine, Peter's wife. Read by Daphne Ma. Delia Cahill, engaged to Michael. Read by Sarah Hale. The poor old woman. Read by T.J. Burns. Neighbors. Stage directions read by Zames Curran. Scene. Interior of a cottage close to Killala in 1798. Bridget is standing at a table undoing a parcel. Peter is standing at one side of the fire, Patrick at the other. What is that sound I hear? Oh, I don't hear anything. He listens. I hear it now. It's like cheering. He goes to the window and looks out. I wonder what they are cheering about. I don't see anybody. It might be a hurling match. There's no hurling today. It must be down in the town, the cheering is. I suppose the boys must be having some sport of their own. Come over here, Peter, and look at Michael's wedding clothes. Peter shifts his chair to table. Those are grand clothes, indeed. You had them clothes like that when you married me. And no coat to put on a Sunday any more than any other day. That is true indeed. We never thought a son of our own would be wearing a suit of that sort for his wedding or have so good a place to bring a wife to. Patrick, who is still at the window. There is an old woman coming down the road. I don't know. Is it here she's coming? It'll be a neighbour coming to hear about Michael's wedding. Can you see who it is? Well, I think it is a stranger, but she's not coming to the house. She's turned into the cap that goes down where Martin and his sons are shearing sheep. He turns towards Bridget. Do you remember what Winnie of the Crossroads was saying the other night about the strange woman that goes through the country whatever time that's war or trouble coming? Don't be bothering us about Winnie's talk, but go and open the door for your brother. I hear he coming up the path. I hope he has brought Delia's fortune with him safe, for fear her people might go back on the bargain, and I after making it. Trouble enough I had making it. Patrick opens the door, and Michael comes in. What kept you, Michael? We were looking out for you this long time. I went round by the priest's house to bid him be ready to marry us tomorrow. Did he say anything? He said it was a very nice match, and that he was never better pleased to marry any two in his parish than myself and Delia Kael. Have you got the fortune, Michael? Here it is. He puts bag on table and goes over and leans against the chimney jam. Bridget, who has been all this time examining the clothes, pulling the seams, and trying the lining of the pockets, etc., puts the clothes on the dresser. Peter, getting up and taking the bag in his hand and turning out the money. Oh, yes, I made the bargain well for you, Michael. Old John Carhoe would sooner have kept a share of this a while longer. Let me keep half of it till the first boy is born, says he. You will not, says I. 
whether there is or is not a boy, the whole hundred pounds must be in Michael's hands before he brings your daughter in the house. The wife spoke to him then, and he gave in at the end. You seem well pleased to be handling the money, Peter. Indeed. I wish I'd had the luck to get a hundred pounds, or twenty pounds at South, with the wife I married. Well, if I didn't bring much, I didn't get much. What had you the day I married you, but a frock of hens and you feeding them, and a few lambs and you driving them to the market of Balina? She is vexed and bangs a jug on the dresser. If I brought no fortune, I worked it out in my bones, laying down the baby, Michael that is standing there now, on a stook of straw, while I dug the potatoes and never asking big dresses or anything but to be working. That is true indeed. He pats her arm. Leave me alone now till I ready the house for the woman that is to come into it. Well, you are the best woman in Ireland, but money is good too. He begins handling the money again and sits down. I never thought to see so much money within my four walls. We can do great things now we have it. We can take the ten acres of land we have a chance of since Jamesy Dempsey died and stock it. We will go to the fair of Bellina to buy the stock. Did Delia ask any of the money for her own use, Michael? She did not, indeed. She did not seem to take much notice of it, or to look at it at all. That's no wonder. Why would she look at it when she had yourself to look at, a fine, strong young man? It is proud she must be to get you, a good, steady boy that will make use of her money and not be running through it or spending it on drink like another. It's likely Michael himself was not thinking much of the fortune either, but of what sort the girl was to look at. Michael, coming over towards the table. Well, you would like a nice comely girl to be beside you and to go walking with you. The fortune only lasts for a while. But the woman will be there always. Cheers. Patrick, turning around from the window. They are cheering again down in the town. Maybe they are landing horses from Enniskron. They do be cheering when the horses take the water well. There are no horses in it. Where would they be going and no fare at hand? Go down to the town, Patrick, and see what's going on. Patrick opens the door to go out but stops for a moment on the threshold. Will Delia remember, do you think, to bring the greyhound pup she promised me when she would come into the house? She will. Surely. Patrick goes out, leaving the door open. It'll be Patrick's turn next to be looking for a fortune, but he won't find it so easy to get it, and he with no place of his own. I do be thinking sometimes, now things are going so well with us, and the Cahels such a good back to us in the district, and Delia's an uncle a priest, we might be put in the way of making Patrick a priest some day, and he's so good at his books. Time enough, time enough. You have always your head full of plans, Bridget. We will be well able to give him learning, and not to send him trembling the country like a poor scholar that lives on charity. Cheers. They're not done cheering yet. He goes over to the door and stands there for a moment, putting up his hand to shade his eyes. Do you see anything? I see an old woman coming up the path. 
Who is it, I wonder? It must be the strange woman Patrick saw a while ago. I don't think it's one of the neighbors anyway. But she has her cloak over her face. It might be some poor woman, heard we were making ready for the wedding, and came to look for her sir. I might as well put the money out of sight. There's no use leaving it out for every stranger to look at. He goes over to a large box in the corner, opens it, and puts the bags in, and fumbles at the lock. There she is, father. An old woman passes the window slowly. She looks at Michael as she passes. I'd sooner a stranger not to come to the house the night before my wedding. Open the door, Michael. Don't keep the poor woman waiting. The old woman comes in. Michael stands aside to make way for her. God save all here. God save you kindly. You have good shelter here. You are welcome to whatever shelter we have. Sit down there by the fire and welcome. Old woman warming her hands. There is a hard wind outside. Michael watches her curiously from the door. Peter comes over to the table. Have you travelled far today? I have travelled far, very far. There are few have travelled so far as myself. And there is many a one that doesn't make me welcome. There was one that had strong sons, I thought were friends of mine. But they were shearing their sheep, and they wouldn't listen to me. It's a pity indeed for any person to have no place of their own. That's true for you indeed. And it's long I'm on the roads, since I first went wandering. It is a wonder you're not worn out with so much wandering. Sometimes my feet are tired, and my hands are quiet. But there is no quiet in my heart. When the people see me quiet, they think old age has come on me, and that all the stir has gone out of me. But when the trouble is on me, I must be talking to my friends. What was it put you wandering? Too many strangers in the house. Indeed, you look as if you'd had your share of trouble. I have had trouble indeed. What was it put the trouble on you? My land that was taken from me. Was it much land they took from you? My four beautiful green fields. Peter, aside to Bridget. Do you think she could be the widow Casey that was put out of her holding at Kilgas a while ago? She's not. I saw the widow Casey one time at the market in Balina, a stout fresh woman. Peter, to old woman. Did you hear a noise of cheering, and you coming up the hill? I thought I heard the noise I used to hear when my friends came to visit me. She begins singing, half to herself. I will go cry with the woman, for the yellow-haired Donnecker is dead. With a hempen rope for a neckcloth, and a white cloth on his head. Michael, coming from the door. What is that you're singing, ma'am? Singing I am. About a man I knew one time. Yellow-haired Donnecker, that was hanged in Galway. She goes on singing, much louder. I am come to cry with you, woman. My hair is unwound and unbound. 
Oh, I remember him ploughing his field, turning up the red side of the ground, and building his barn on the hill with a good mortared stone. Oh, we'd have pulled down the gallows had it happened in Enniscrown. What was it brought him to his death? He died for love of me. Many a man has died for love of me. Peter, aside to Bridget. Her trouble has put her wits astray. Is it long since that song was made? Is it long since he got his death? Not long, not long. But there were others that died for love of me a long time ago. Were they neighbors of your own, ma'am? Come here beside me, and I'll tell you about them. Michael sits down beside her at the hearth. There was a red man of the O'Donnells from the north, and a man of the O'Sullivans from the south, and there was one Brian that lost his life at Clontarf by the sea. And there were a great many in the West, some that died hundreds of years ago, and there are some that will die tomorrow. Is it in the West that men will die tomorrow? Come nearer, nearer to me. Is he right, do you think, or is she a woman from beyond the world? She doesn't know well what she's talking about. With the want and the trouble she's gone through? The poor thing, we should treat her well. Give her a drink of milk and a bit of the oaten cake. Maybe we should give her something along with that to bring her on her way. A few pence or a ceiling itself. And we with so much money in the house. Indeed, I'll not begrudge it to her if we had it to spare. But if we go running through what we have, we'll soon have to break the hundred pounds. And that would be a pity. Shame on you, Peter. Give her the ceiling and your blessing with it, or our own luck will go from us. Peter goes to the box and takes out a shilling. Bridget, to the old woman. Will you have a drink of milk? It is not food or drink that I want. Peter, offering the shilling. Here is something for you. That is not what I want. It is not silver I want. What is it you would be asking for? If anyone would give me help, he must give me himself. He must give me all. Peter goes over to the table, staring at the shilling in his hand, in a bewildered way, and stands whispering to Bridget. Have you no one to care you in your age, ma'am? I have not. With all the lovers that brought me their love, I never set out the bed for any. Are you lonely going the roads, ma'am? I have my thoughts, and I have my hopes. What hopes have you to hold to? The hope of getting my beautiful fields back again. The hope of putting the strangers out of my house. What way will you do that, ma'am? I have good friends that will help me. They are gathering to help me now. I am not afraid.
If they are put down today, they will get the upper hand tomorrow. She gets up. I must be going to meet my friends. They are coming to help me. And I must be there to welcome them. I must call the neighbors together to welcome them. I will go with you. It's not her friends you have to go and welcome, Michael. It's the girl coming into the house you have to welcome. You have plenty to do. It is food and drink you have to bring to the house. The woman that is coming home is not coming with empty hands. You would not have an empty house before her. To the old woman. Maybe you don't know, ma'am, that my son is going to be married tomorrow. It is not a man going to his marriage that I look to for help. Peter, to Bridget. Who is she, do you think, at all? You did not tell us your name yet, mum. Some call me the poor old woman. And there are some that call me Kathleen, the daughter of Houlihan. I think I knew someone of that name once. Who was it, I wonder? It must have been someone I knew when I was a boy. No, no, I remember. I heard it in a song. Old woman, who is standing in the doorway. They are wondering that there were songs made for me. There have been many songs made for me. I heard one on the wind this morning. She sings. Do not make a great keening When the graves have been dug tomorrow do not call the white scuff riders to the bearing that shall be tomorrow. Do not spread food to call strangers to the wakes that shall be tomorrow. Do not give money for prayers for the dead that shall die tomorrow. They will have no need of prayers. They will have no need of prayers. I do not know what that song means. But tell me something I can do for you. Come over to me, Michael. Hush, father. Listen to her. It is a hard service they take that help me. Many that are red-cheeked now will be pale-cheeked. Many that have been free to walk the hills and the bogs and the rushes will be sent to walk hard streets in far countries. Many a good plan will be broken. Many that have gathered money will not stay to spend it. Many a child will be born, and there will be no father at its christening to give it a name. They that had red cheeks will have pale cheeks for my sake. And for all that, they will think they are well paid. She goes out. Her voice is heard outside singing. They shall be remembered forever. They shall be alive forever. They shall be speaking forever. The people shall hear them forever. Bridget to Peter. Look at him, Peter. He has the look of a man that has got the touch. Raising her voice. Look here, Michael, at the wedding clothes. Such 
grand closers these are. You have a right to fit them on now. It would be a pity tomorrow if they did not fit. The boys would be laughing at you. Take them, Michael, and go into the room and fit them on. She puts them on his arm. What wedding are you talking of? What clothes will I be wearing tomorrow? These are the clothes you're going to wear when you marry Delia Cahill tomorrow. I had forgotten that. He looks at the clothes and turns towards the inner room, but stops at the sound of cheering outside. There is a shouting come to our own door. What is it has happened? Patrick and Delia come in. There are ships in the bay. The French are landing at Kalala. Peter takes his pipe from his mouth and his hat off and stands up. The clothes slip from Michael's arm. Michael. He takes no notice. Michael. He turns towards her. Why do you look at me like a stranger? She drops his arm. Bridget goes over towards her. The boys are all hurrying down the hillside to join the French. Michael won't be going to join the French. Bridget to Peter. Tell him not to go, Peter. It's no use. He doesn't hear a word we're saying. Try and cox him over to the fire. Michael. Michael. You won't leave me. You won't join the French. And we're going to be married. She puts her arm about him. He turns towards her as if about to yield. Old woman's voice outside. They shall be speaking forever. The people shall hear them forever. Michael breaks away from Delia and goes out. Peter to Patrick, laying a hand on his arm. Did you see an old woman going down the path? I did not, but I saw a young girl, and she had the walk of a queen. End of Kathleen Nee Houlihan